Stay in the donut, not the hole. How to get out of the crisis with both our economy and environment intact by Warwick Smith. First published at The Conversation and republished at the ABC and The New Daily under other titles. Hey, it's Mark here, founder and publisher of The Climactic Collective. Thanks for joining me for this quick bonus episode. I've got a question for you. What would it sound like if the ABC decided to cover donut economics? Mmm, donuts. And what is donut economics? Well, it would sound a lot like Orwick Smith. Not the Liberal Party member, former Minister for Families and Social Services, MP for the Division of Bass, Tasmania, but Warwick Smith, the co-founder and economist at Castlemaine Institute. I'm now going to hand over to him to tell us a little bit about donut economics, how it works, and how it could be the solution to the need for economic recovery in 2021 and a societal shift in the face of the climate crisis. Over to you, Warwick. Before the recession, we were on a collision course with environmental disaster. The recovery provides a rare opportunity to do things differently, to rebuild a better economy that can support living standards without irretrievably damaging the environment. The closer we get to irreversible climate change, the harder that will become. Donut economics, a concept principally developed by UK economist Kate Rayworth, provides an intuitive way of thinking about it. The idea is outlined in her book, subtitled Seven Ways to Think Like a 21st Century Economist, are increasingly being used around the world, including by new collaboration, Regen Melbourne, that's looking at ways to make Melbourne a better, more socially just and environmentally responsible city. The image to keep in mind is that of a donut, on the inside of which is economic and social freefall. We need a certain amount of economic and social political development to ensure everybody can live a good, healthy life with full social and political participation. On the outside of the donut is an unsustainable impact on the environment. The sweet spot, the safe and just space for humanity, is of course in the donut itself. Conceptually, it's pretty straightforward. Practically, it's challenging. Economics is traditionally defined as the study the way societies allocate scarce resources. But in the modern world, the reality is that for rich countries, such as Australia, there is no overall scarcity. Such countries have homeless and hungry people, for sure, but they also have enough resources, homes and food to provide for them. That they don't is a question of distribution rather than scarcity. In terms of the diagram, we already use enough resources to ensure Nobody need be left in the hole on the inside of the donut. The danger is that we use too many resources and move beyond the outer edge of the donut into climate and ecological breakdown. For quite some time, amongst economists, there's been faith in what's called the environmental Kuznets curve, where increasing consumption is said to lead to increased environmental degradation up to a point. Beyond that point, as a society becomes post-industrial, Extra consumption is said to lead to less environmental degradation as people become more environmentally conscious and use their wealth to buy different things, more services, such as yoga classes, Namaste, and fewer goods, such as hamburgers. While the environmental Kuznets curve does indeed appear to be real, there is every indication that the global peak in environmental impact is far higher than the biosphere can withstand. 
we will need to bring the peak down, and that would be difficult for precisely the same reasons that people remain poor amid extraordinary wealth. One is the capacity of deep-pocketed interests to influence regulators and governments to maximise profits. The other is the extent to which neoliberal economic thinking permeates social and political structures. The modern neoliberal thinking tells us the best outcomes are achieved when markets are free without government interference. Government attempts to tax, fine or charge for environmental damage are portrayed as interference rather than protecting the environment. This is easy because each individual hectare of vegetation that's cleared doesn't, by itself, do much damage to the environment, just as each tonne of carbon dioxide that's released doesn't do much damage to the climate. It's possible to introduce a carbon tax, but it's easy to lobby against. Australia's lasted two years, and governments are frightened to have another go. The pandemic has shown us that it's possible to overcome that fear. Environmental campaigner George Monbiot points out that for 10 years, the number of people living and dying on Britain's streets had climbed year by year. There wasn't enough money to house them. Then suddenly, when the pandemic hit, and they were seen as potential carriers, the money could be found. He says, for decades, government and industry had claimed that people would never give up international holidays and business flights. When humanity's future was seen to be on the line, they did. It now feels possible to embrace a shift to what Monbiot calls private sufficiency and public luxury. This is a challenge not only to economics, but also to individual economists. For better or worse, our discipline has a lot of power in the modern world, and our views carry disproportionate weight. We need the best of our economic minds, helping us to build frameworks that will keep us in the donut. Donuts. The future of our species depends on it. Thank you, Warwick, for reading aloud that article that you wrote originally run in the conversation and now picked up by other publications as well. It's always great to adapt conversation pieces. And hey, if you're at the conversation, I've already tried to reach out to you a few times, so if you hear this, get in touch. To learn more about Donut Economics, check out the links in the show notes, including to some upcoming events run by DEAL, the Donut Economics Action Lab. There's also some upcoming events as part of the Sustainable Living Festival, happening both in person in Melbourne in February, but also online as well. So wherever you are, you can tune in. Get all the links in the show notes. And if you, dear listener, have a suggestion for a piece we should adapt, please just get in touch. My email is hello at climactic.fm, and I really, truly do love hearing from you. If you've got a comment or a suggestion, if you'd like to be behind the mic yourself or helping someone else get on air, please do just reach out. Climactic really is the community radio redefined. And I always love hearing the voices of the climate community. This year, there's so much that needs to happen, so I'd love to get things like our Community Corner Initiative, which is free ad space we give to the climate community, to get that really pumping this year. So if you know about anything good coming up, 
please just send in a message about it. You can send us a voicemail right from climactic.fm or climactic.com.au. Just click on the microphone in the bottom right of the screen and it'll send us a voicemail. Easy as that. Once again, I've been Mark Spencer, publisher of the Climactic Collective, and for all of you listening, stay safe out there and take care of each other in these climactic times. The Climactic Collective. This show is produced by Hear Media, a boutique audio agency in Narm, Melbourne. To learn more and get in touch, head to hearmedia.studio. That's H E R E Media.studio.